this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jay Allen Show. I hope everything is good and grand inside of your neck of the woods. So here we are again at another Tuesday. And yes, are we getting so close to the holiday season? I mean, you can say we're inside of the holiday season. Christmas is a few days away as we are speaking. Not too far. You know, we're probably looking a little less, a little over a week, better saying, um, is what exactly is going on right now. So as we actually go went out throughout the year and we're doing the things that we were doing, at the very beginning of the year, I brought in Rob Fisher to come in and have a conversation with us. Now, if you're not familiar with Rob Fisher, which I would imagine that you are, he is the director of operations and the president of Fisher Improvement Technologies. So as we are closing out the year of 2021, I wanted to bring Rob in one more time just to sit down and have a conversation with him in regards of what we had discussed at the beginning of the year and then discuss here at the end of the year did the things that he thought were going to happen at the beginning of the year be those exact same things that happened and what did he learn so as i would like for you to do right now if you can is sit back relax and take a listen to this conversation between rob fisher and myself here on the jay allen show the jay allen show is streaming now on safetyfm.live sorry things with you they're good. You know, it's been a wild, pretty wild ride, but, um, you know, we, we, uh, knock on wood have survived, you know, the, the major thrust, I think, and, uh, kind of re pivoted and redid things and refocused on some things and have some, uh, you know, some of the, some of the clients are coming back to in-person stuff and some of them are, thriving on the virtual and, and, uh, uh, online. And I think, I think Rick foot said, if he never has to go on the road again, it'll be too soon. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that it's, it's amazing the amount of stuff that you can accomplish virtually. And it doesn't take, I mean, it's not that you're not putting as much effort. It's just, you take the effort out of the traveling aspect and how many people you can interact with in one day and the stuff that you can do in one week. Yeah, if you'd have told me I was going to ever work this hard not traveling, mm-hmm. I'd have said you were crazy. Yeah, I mean, just think about it from, from the whole aspect of how many clients do you get to see now in just one week aspect. And remember, in the past, if you traveled, if you were lucky, if in one week you got to see three clients, unless they were relatively close to each other. And then you were, you know, you busted your ass all week to do that and, and uh, you came home exhausted and then started it all over. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being able to really be intentional about how you space that out. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, we've had some consultants that can do um, do three, three different clients in a week. And that was unheard of before. Right. It was like, if I get to see you, if I get to see two people, you're lucky. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's good and it's bad. Of course, the interactions are much different. Yeah. And if you, if you have anybody who's shy inside of the group that you're interacting with, it makes it a little bit tougher, of course. Yeah. So. yeah. 
So tell me more. Tell me what's going on inside of the world. I, I want to understand what has your year looked like? I mean, since we spoke from the beginning of the year, things have changed. I see you that you're now a frequent guest on, um, on what is it, of rebranding safety. And I've seen some of those things change. So tell me from where we th- where you thought you were going to be at the beginning of the year. I wanted to make sure that we did come back around and, and loop back with you. So essentially, I, the cat will be out of the bag with this episode. You'll be our first and last interview for the year. So, oh boy, <laughs> I don't know which way to take that. But <laughs> well, well, thank you. Well, first that you were the first person in the last meeting, the last one for the year. Now that it was the only one recording, but you know what? Gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, you know, at the beginning of 2021, I think we, like most people, thought that uh, we were on this downslope of of. Uh, some kind of normalization. I think we were still actually using the word normal back then. <laughs> and now you never hear it anymore, you know, unless it's in some kind of guffaw from somebody. Um, but I, I think that one of the things that we did way more effectively, this sounds bad, way more effectively than I predicted or projected, uh, probably just out of lack of knowledge, was the ability to stay ahead of the online, the virtual, and the in-person. So that, you know, we fairly early on in 2021 were able to, you know, some clients wanted us to come and we were able to really socially distance, COVID compliant, um, take, take some people to travel. And some companies shifted to the virtual platforms and to be able to offer online coaching, which nobody even talked about two years ago, um, was a big change. But I also think that we didn't really have a grasp on the power of uh, snippet or small sets of content impact. Um, you know, things like observations were kind of a glitzy thing when they started, but now they've become a framework of how a supervisor goes out into the field and says, well, you know, I think I understand performance modes, but let's call up a observation on them. And because it's free and open access on fit online, they just call it right up on their phone and then have a discussion with their crew about skill-based, rule-based and knowledge-based or high-risk task of the day or any of the probably 200 topics that we have in the, in the insights piece. And um, I think that I kind of assumed that a lot of the conferences would really go back to in-person. And now you're seeing that some of them are, but there's almost a reluctance to, to do in-person. I'm supposed to go down to uh, uh, Australia in March and April. And that's to be at an in-person conference that I was supposed to be at uh, the week uh, everything hit in 2020. So hopefully that, you know, hopefully the rules don't change between now and then. Well, I mean, you're saying you're saying March and April at this particular time. Who knows what will change between now and then, um, especially with the with the on how frequently things do change. Now, you did mention in-person conference. I will reference one that I actually ended up going to. I went to one that it was, I, just to be kind, not to call them out. Um, I went to one that was here local in the area that I actually live in. And they were expecting somewhere close to 4,500 people was what the expectancy was. 
if they got a thousand, I would be in shock. And they gave away free passes to the in-person side of just the, um, where they could actually come and see the sponsors. So I don't know. I'm kind of hesitant still about doing the in-person thing. I mean, I went, I ended up going for a day. I had a three day pass, um, but I was very reluctant on going on. When the clients that you get to speak with, are you seeing a lot of reluctancy in regards of opening the doors back up to you in regards of, hey, come full force? Or are you, are you seeing where people are saying it's, it's, it's good to come now in person? No, it's, it, it's the companies have been, you know, from the CEO on down, they don't go to conferences with their own peers. So where they may send a group before they'll send one person. So that 4,500 means that, you know, from 4,500 to a thousand means that not only were the companies that weren't going to send everybody and, and you can, you can actually do it by state and state mandate. So some of the states that have, you know, severe mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all that, though, they don't hardly travel anywhere. Um, and from the states that are more open, you'll see a couple of people come from there or you'll, you're, you're actually seeing some conferences shifted there, but as a sidebar, but to me, um, note of what's going on, you know, we have these opportunities to get together and network, but, and we won't take them, but we'll show up to a college football game with 140,000 people. Oh, you so knew where I was going to go. Oh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, but I live in one of the in the one of the states that probably is the most open, and the other state that you're referencing with 140,000 people at a college football game. Well, all right, they seem to be relatives to each other. Uh, do you still frequently travel, Texas? Because I know at one point you were quite yeah. quite frequent. Yeah. I'm, I'm going again next week. <laughs> <laughs> not going to see a football game, are you? No, I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking as I say I'm that. Not. I'm going where they have a lot of football games, though. <laughs> No, but it, it's just amazing on some on some of how some of the changes do actually occur. Now, I will reference this. One of the major theme parks in this particular area, they will not actually pay for their employees to go to any events that are related to any conferences along those right. lines. Now, if they want to take the day off and do it on their own, that's their own thing. Yeah. But they're still they're still reluctant in regards of hey, if we let somebody go somewhere, and let's say for instance one of these major conferences that are in a different state, they don't want to do so because hey. What if something happens to you, then what are we going to be held accountable for? Well, here's another one that I heard recently. Are you kidding me? I'm le- I've let you work from home for a year and a half. I'm not going to send you to a conference. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand on how some people see that as a benefit um, in regards of working from home. I mean, I guess there is some ups and some downs. The commute's much better. Um, but in regards of, hey, I still have to pay for everything in regards of what I'm doing here um, in that particular regards. I mean, yeah. I do- and I think it's interesting that some companies and some of the large organizations, I'm not talking really safety related organizations. If you decided saying, for instance, I know of several companies out of the New York market, if you moved out of state, they were actually having some portions where they were cutting for some organizations. They were actually cutting the employment's pay because they were basing the original pay off of when they yeah. lived in New York opposed to living in a different state. So now they're trying to go into more of a kind of a worldly price range opposed to a state price range. So what do you think about stuff like that? Do you think that we're going to continue to see more and more changes? And I know that I, I always have that general feeling that when I'm speaking to you, that I need to have those, those futuristic crystal ball questions. I don't know why it just happens because, Hey, I, I look at you as a, a, you know, you have so much knowledge of what you've seen throughout the years and so much wisdom. I always just think, Hey, you oh, must you, have some, some, some version of a crystal ball somewhere. I appreciate that. You're making me blush. 
Yeah, I think you're going to see more of it. I think it's going to be driven um, partly by the people. And then there's going to be times when when the employees push back and say, I guess you don't need me as an employee. I thought you were paying me for my worth. And if you weren't, shame on you. If you were only paying me for where I lived or the least that you could pay me to live where your location is, doesn't make any sense at all. You didn't structure your um, the price of your products and services around that. And you ain't going to, so you can drop my salary when you drop the price, the price of your products and services, the same percentage, at least the one I'm supporting. So I think we're going to see more and more employees that push back on that uh, and partners that push back on that because, you know, we, if you think about what we do in the consulting world, um, we've had clients come to us wanting us to lower the prices because someone isn't there in person. And, and I said, well, are they doing any less work? Are you getting any less value or do you just not want to pay for it? And, and, you know, when you talk to the consultants, they'll say, you know, when I, when I would go to a client, I would spend the, the night before prepping and getting ready. I'd be there with the client for the day, either training or doing something. And then, and then I would debrief and, and then, go home and then have to wrap everything up and send them something up. I used to do that. I do the same things now. All of those same things. It's just virtual. So why would we pay somebody less for something that now, interestingly enough, when you had me coming out before, you could barely put 25 people in the room. Yesterday, you put 125 people in our virtual session. You didn't have to pay any of them for travel. You didn't have to pay any of them for any of them extra, no hotel rooms for anybody. They So we had a virtual meeting with the 125 people that really needed to get the content. And yet you want to pay less for it. Now, and don't forget the extra piece here. And they recorded the session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they all, do you mind if we record this? No, of course I don't mind if you record it. I want you to record it. I want you to use it for the people. I always slide in there. Don't tell the people that you expect to come that you're going to record it and they can watch it later until after it's over. Right. That may sound a little bit sly, but if you do that, you half your audience. This is The Jay Allen Show. These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. I have to tell you, even before they ever became a sponsor here on Safety FM, we have used LinkedIn Jobs to help find the people that we have here on Safety FM. It's an easy service to use. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified candidates. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 
post your job for free at linkedin.com slash safety FM. That's linkedin.com slash safety FM to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And don't forget to mention that Jay Allen sent you. Do you have homeowner's insurance for a good reason? Because without it, a fire, flood, or burglary could destroy you financially. But there's another major crime your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's called home title fraud. The FBI calls title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and it can ruin you financially, which is why you need home title lock. Title fraud happens when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you sold your home to him or her. Then he or she takes out a loan against your home and leaves you with the payments. You'll spend a fortune in legal fees trying to prove that you didn't commit fraud. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home title. The instant they detect anyone from a cyber thief to a renter to a relative trying to forge the way onto your home title, they'll shut it down just right there, right away. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And enter the code RADIO for 30 days free protection. That's the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. And don't forget to tell them that Jay Allen sent you. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. No, absolutely. Now, it's interesting that you bring this up. Now, when you see kind of some of these changes where some of these organizations are saying, can we get a discount, so on, what do you think with some of the the consultants that are out there that have decided to go forward with that, especially when we start going back into the in-person scenario? Do you think they're going to run into a problem in regards to some of the pricing structures? I think so. And, you know, we had a bit of this conversation at the first of the year as well that, you know, people were scrambling. So they were driving uh, prices down to the point that it wasn't a, wasn't about the value of the uh, commodity anymore or the service. It was the least amount that you could pay to get it. But for organizations that were still using those things, uh, many of them were for lack of a better term, essential in some way, and and really didn't didn't stop making money. Now, certainly some of the some of the bigger organizations did, but um, it, it was interesting to watch. I, I've ac- actually had some values conversations with organizations based on that very thing. That you know, I I, I didn't see anywhere in your values where you had to do had to get things the cheapest possible i saw innovation i saw you know safety i saw a whole bunch of these things but what i didn't see was the cheapest you could possibly get it lowest price point available is what we were looking for now it's interesting that you bring some of this stuff up as well what do you think with some of these mergers that are taking place some of these organizations that you would never see interact with each other and we can talk about some of the people inside of the safety worlds even safety consultants that you would never picture together that all of a sudden now either they have merged and formed a group or added their name to a group that was pre-existing and so yeah. on. So, so what do you, what do you think about this? Do you think these were out of needs or just stuff that wasn't going to make it in the long run? I think it's a mix, a mix mash. I know one of the things that I probably should have talked about is we have, we have been much better at strategic partnerships uh, from 2021 on than we were in the past because, uh, and part of it was we were so busy doing the work that um, 
we had we had uh, desires to do that, but but to do that right takes work. I mean, you can't just attach your name to something else. We have to have a values match. We have to make sure. Can, that we, can you can you repeat that one more time? Because I don't think a lot of people probably caught that. You can't just attach your name to it because some people believe that that's kind of the key to the whole thing. Well, I mean, in in the beginning, that may be the key, but the attachment of the name may get some traction. Um, but that's never been what the, that's never been the traction we want to gain. So, uh, you know, certainly we we've moved into the shipping industry through a partnership with Safe Lanes, a very respected um, organization that that works with maritime. And maritime wasn't our strength, but what we do is a strength. So, you know, we we partnered with them. We we had to reevaluate our our international partnerships. Uh, really for two reasons. Number one, the travel, you know, our poor consultants down in Australia have been hand strapped even way worse than we are here. Um, so the people down under, you know, we're having to really more strategically partner because in a speech I've been giving a lot of and, and it's resonating is the need hasn't changed, just the delivery. And we still have to respect that need. Uh, and we have to do the work so that the delivery lands and, you know, we're willing to do that work. And sometimes that work is, you know, uh, Justin and Ray and I were in the office today, you know, maritimizing uh, some of the terms so that it makes sense to someone in the shipping industry. But all of that really needs to be done in order to spread instead of trying to make everybody accept hop or human performance, or human organization performance, or advanced air reduction, or human factors, or whatever the hell you're going to call it this week, instead of just accepting uh, how people do it, you have to um, really crawl down inside their pelt and and figure out what will land. And uh, and I think we're doing more of that than ever. So you're kind of right. You, you know, there is a lot of attachment of groups and names. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think people are going to be successful in the beginning at that attachment, but what's underneath it? Well, and I think that that's going to be some of the interesting points that we're going to see going forward. And you talk about this in regards to some of the cycles that you've seen, just different aspects of, of work. But if people's leadership doesn't actually not coincide with each other, even if you have these mergers of these, let's say, bigger companies that are coming across, it might be a difficult thing if they don't actually see, well, I guess, across the same board in the yeah. exact same way. So as you look at Fisher Improvement Technologies over this these last couple of years, last 18 months, 24 months, however you want to take a look at it, would you say that this is a period of growth for you guys? Yes. And I, know, and I know it's a difficult question because you, yeah. were, you were already taking a certain portion of the dive of going into digital. I mean, yeah. you were building the structure and all of a sudden it was like, okay, we are here, you know, rolling at a two, trying to build this out. And all of a sudden we have to notch this up to an 11. Yeah. For us, I see the growth as, as more capacity and capability than just financial and expansion. Those are different things to me. So for instance, being able to, being able to bring into the fold companies under a hundred people um, that could never really afford a 
quote-unquote hop deployment in the past. Those companies can very easily be impacted. And, you know, still today, um, I believe the number is about 75 or 80 percent of the of the industrial fatalities in the U.S. and Canada happen in companies under 100 people. Now, they may be supporting big companies, but but that small company is just hanging by the thread. You know, very, you and I have had the conversation before about about large companies selling off their risk to the lowest bidder. And but we those people still have to be protected. So from that growth perspective and our ability to understand that and support that massive, massive growth. Um, more than we ever envisioned when we had our big hairy ass goals of our big hairy audacious goals of, of we'll take the first one too. <laughs> of, you know, of moving into uh, a, a digital environment and being able to support digital deployments. Uh, that that's one thing, but I mean, really being able to, we, we have a group now working on um, the service industry. How do you downsize what a hop deployment would look for, for the service side to help people manage all these things that are going on in, in service industries that are eating into the profits and the safety and quality of people, people in the service industry. So I, I think we're doing what I believe as the, as the leader of FIT we've always done, and that's very well combining exploration and pioneering and, and allowing people to settle behind us. I, I love what you just did there. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So as you look at this as in, in, the, in the big picture of things, do you see that this is giving you the opportunity, especially now mentioning the service industry? And I, you've, we've talked about this before. I just don't remember if it was on, if it was on mic or, on, or off mic um, when, yeah. we, when we've had the conversation. Do you think that this is giving you the opportunity to also go into some industries that you originally didn't expect? Because you've already talked about the maritime industry. You've now talked about service industry. Is there anything else that you're looking into? I know the last time that we spoke, we were talking about actually going into the education field, how that had been coming, you know, and developing and getting much larger for you. Are you seeing some other things also as well out there? Yeah. So on that, on that note, and then I'll dive in a little bit deeper on the question. I now sit on the, the safety science advisory board for IUP for the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Oh, very nice. Congratulations. Huge, you know, safety college. Uh, and and I want to bring to that board some of the things that we've been running into out there because you and I's conversation in the past is we've got to start preparing people for the new safety professional that isn't really a safety professional. They're a sustainability professional that has a that has an eye for safety. You know, a sustainable organization is a safe organization. A resilient organization is a safe organization, not necessarily vice versa. So, so we've got to expand that piece. Um, we, we're now in a, an approved vendor for the American Chemistry Council, which means that we um, provide services that are approved by them to, to make sure that, that process safety um, is done in a manageable way using uh, effective science. Um, in healthcare, we got put on pause. And I don't want to say we, we paused. We got put on pause. And that pause button hasn't been lifted yet because everything just keeps churning. Um, but I anticipate in 2022 that the floodgates are going to open a little bit on healthcare. 
because I think we'll then hit a new um, spectrum of support and, and healthcare is ripe for, uh, for some of the things that we, for this holistic approach to improvement, which is really where we're focusing. Um, hop is a piece of that, right? Um, resilience and capacity are a piece of it. Leadership is a piece of it. So uh, the Essential Leadership Cycle uh, podcast has continued to go on. And right now we are running a series on um, response matters. And that, you know, obviously that came from a portion of Todd's uh, um, book and he's going to be on the, on the podcast here in a couple of weeks, but it, it also says, let's wrap this up in the tools that leaders need to be better in general. Uh, how do we write more effective written guidance, not throw all the written guidance out the window. How do we make what we do write down the right thing to write down and how do we make it better? How do we analyze um, successes and failures is what we're calling it. So, you know, we've all, we've always had these things that we call facilitated improvement teams or other people call them learning teams. I and mean, we've had them for 20 years on how, how you get the workforce involved in successes and failures. But that's a holistic approach. And that's really taking with people that don't want to do a single thing. They, they want to create sustainability. So much, so much there, so much there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I look at it and I, and I take a look at, you know, what you're saying there. And I, and I just kind of want to go back. Why is it that you have taken such a different approach with this? Because let's, let's look at this for a moment. As you know, some people will jump in and they, you can go to one consultant and they can give you one piece and you can go to another consultant. They can give you what they think is the next piece from the other piece that you grab. Why have you decided that opposed to it being pieced together where you can kind of give them to somebody else to go to? Why have you decided, Hey, that you want to go, if you can, holistic, the whole thing opposed to them going, you know, let's say mix and match shopping. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, it's not any more work and that just blows people away. But I think that came from, some of our first global international client deployments, you know, back as far as 2005, six, seven, eight, that time frame, we started realizing that the benefits were temporary if you don't integrate the concepts into the day-to-day -day workflow. And it's not up to us at FIT to integrate. It's up to us to teach you what we've learned about integration I mean, we're, we're over 300 deployments now. I don't, I don't know any, I don't know any combination of organizations that has the number of deployments of the concepts that we have under our belt. So we use that every single day. You know, we continually reach back to our vision of improving companies and lives through the creative application of technology. If we just do one thing, we have a minor impact on those two things, companies and lives. If we talk to the leaders about how their knowledge, language, and behaviors need to change, you know, we call it the, the start of the gear model. That impacts all of those attributes. Leadership engagement is in there. And you don't need to, 
the, the challenge with a single attribute or a couple of attributes is when you move to something outside of that, you inevitably try to use different language because across the different consultants, across the different methodologies, you have different languages that they, that they want to speak. When you have a holistic approach, uh, an error is an error is an error. An event is an event is an event. A near miss is a near miss. A near hit's a near hit. A, you know, and, and, and the definitions and the way leaders speak and act are extremely important. You can use the essential leadership cycle to manage through all of it. So that piece of, of very specifically and intentionally, uh, you know, we, we started saying, if you can't get leaders to use tools and processes, why would you expect the workers to do it? And, and so that allows you to take a little bit more holistic approach. And, and again, a holistic approach with integration doesn't cost any more time and money. It just touches all of the different elements. So, so do, you, do you look at it as you've been able to take some of those data points that you've actually received throughout the 300 deployments that you had and actually in, improve the technology that you had developed and exists currently? Yeah, every day. In fact, last week, um, I, I can't mention the client specifically, but last week we were doing some work in aviation and we were modifying our effective written guidance delivery to more effectively compensate for what they get from the manufacturers and what the FAA requires them to do. And, and our opportunity to do that now opens it up to anybody that that's their condition. The manufacturer tells us what we have to do, how we have to write it. Okay, well then how do we manage that in a way that reduces probability or mitigates consequence. We are constantly looking for that. You know, every new industry we go in, and for, nowadays it's hard for us to go into a new industry because most of the major high-risk industries we've done a lot of work in. But we still say from, an, from a sector perspective, let's make sure that we don't change the concepts, but talk about how those concepts will work best in the language of that sector as opposed to um, modifying it on a client-by-client basis because that's the client would rather say it some other way. So, you know, I, we had a client not long ago that redefined um, on their own uh, error, deviation, and violation. And we said, that's fine. Just understand that you're no longer using FIT. They said, well, no, what do you mean? What do you mean? We like this better. So, well, of course you like it better because it fits the old paradigm. So try try a year this way and tell me if you don't get completely different outcomes. Oh, very nice. You know, I, I just want to change it up to what my old my own framework used to be. I think that it might work out better. So changing this up just a little bit, I have a question for you. So how did how did the interaction start occurring between you and Mr. James McPherson from Rebranding Safety over the last over the last year? Because well, it, it, it's a highlight. It's a highlight with really? coming on the show. Well, I mean, uh, you know, James and I connected on on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, he told me about the show, and and I I liked listening to it, and of course he asked me if I wanted to be on and be a part of the you know the quarterly things. Uh, I said, yeah. To me, it's about getting information out to the people that need it, 
And I think one of the things I've seen over the last couple of years is there's been a shift to more marketing than supplying content or information. I mean, that's what we do for a living. I get that. But for crying out loud, he's got a great listenership that, um, and, and, you know, almost everybody's show that I go on, I will tell them, I don't expect that you come running to us, but I expect to give you information that you can use when you walk away. Um, to me, that's where the benefit is. And, and another thing that COVID did was it allowed all of these things to happen from people who were out there running their asses off, not, don't have time to do any of these things. Now say, okay, not only do I have time, I'll make time. So even when things go back to a little bit more um, of the travel and things like that, I think you're going to see that some of these things survive. I know mine will. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, of course, the way that it, that it works is cream always rises to the crop or to the top, excuse me. It's just one of those things that in regards to where you're going out there and you're actually sharing your information and giving out the things that, that's, it's really crucial in regards to what you share with people. What you've probably noticed throughout is, you know, you did reference the marketing and going out and people talking about stuff. The people that were out there marketing and doing, quote unquote, talking about safety, but there was really no context, really didn't make it. I mean, if you take a look around, some there was a lot of marketers in regards to safety. There was a lot of podcasts in regards to safety that just didn't quite make the cut in regards to what was going on. So if you want to know more about you and what you have going on, where can they go out to find out more information? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> two places, actually. It's certainly our website, improvewithfit.com. But even, even more, um, our online platform is called online.improvewithfit.com. And you type that in, you can join for free, and we have thousands of members that can then take two or 300 pieces of free content and use it however it works for them. Or if they want to get more expertise in something, we've probably got 50 pieces of paid content. Everything from a $99, uh, the science of air reduction, to a full-blown uh, hop advocate bundle. So all of the different layers of expertise, along with the ability to network, you can type a question in and anybody else that's on Fit Online can chime in. Um, the ability to test your knowledge. So all of our online courses um, have knowledge tests built in. And of course, we're at the other end of the email when you have questions. Hey, you know, I saw this in your course. It's not the way I... Not the way I learned it. You can type that right in. Then somebody from from our organization answers that, you know, very quickly. Um, so we try to drive people to fit online because it's just a it, it's almost like an ongoing conference that offers free uh, things and paid courses that virtual is the wrong term, but operates 24-7-365. Well, Rob, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show today. 
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com.